Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Anytime during my 10 years I could do this. That's power. That's power. Here's the snap. The ball is down. The kick is up. And it's gone! Wolfpack wins! It's time for the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Here's your host, James Curl. All right. Welcome to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Got a good crowd like we always do here at Amedios. I uh, hope you guys will come on down and uh, spend some time with us on a Monday evening. Uh, we uh, want to, as always, remind you about the uh, the fine folks here at Amedios. They have a wonderful number of uh, specials that you can normally take advantage of. But, of course, uh, we're coming to the end of the NFL season. Of course, that means uh, the big game. Uh, I, I always chuckle at the fact that uh, on commercials that you hear on the radio or on television, you're not allowed to say Super Bowl because of uh, the NFL and its tremendous number of uh, restrictions. But... Uh, <laughs> I think we're flying far enough under the NFL radar to where I can actually say Super Bowl. So um, <laughs> if you'd like, uh, come on down to Amedios during the Super Bowl. You can get a large two-top pizza for twelve ninety-nine. Uh, now, normally, uh, the pizza deals that we have, like for the away games where it's half-price pizzas, are for dine-in only. But on this particular uh, occasion for the Super Bowl, you can get that large two-top pizza for twelve ninety-nine, either in the bar or for takeout as well. So... If you got a crew of folks that you're going to be uh, eager to feed uh, to watch uh, the Super Bowl at your place or wherever, uh, you can uh, put in an order for your uh, large uh, two-topping pizza here at Medios. Please make sure it's not last minute. You don't want to flood the poor folks here in the kitchen with uh, you know a ton of pizza orders right at last minute. But uh, call enough uh, in advance, uh, and you can put in your large two-top pizza order for $12.99. You can enjoy it here or the bar at the bar, or you can uh, again take it out and uh, feed your fine folks at home. And we'll also mention uh, the uh, Amedios folks here are, have partnered up with the folks at Order Up for a delivery service in the campus and surrounding areas. Um, so if you are craving some Amedios cuisine but you can't quite get out of the house or uh, are just lazy and don't want to leave your house, uh, yeah, <laughs> you can. Uh, uh, give the folks here at Amedios a call, and uh, if you're within kind of the campus uh, general vicinity, uh, they will be able to deliver anything on the menu to use, not just pizzas. You can get any, you know, the lasagna, the um, the calzone, anything that uh, you desire on that Amedios menu, you can certainly have delivered to you. So be sure to take advantage of that as well. Uh, Ernie Myers is with us. Austin Johnson is with us. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? Great. Always great to be here. I'm great, man. Thanks good for to have me. you. I'm glad both of you guys were able to uh, to join us this week. Now, we've got a, uh, a special guest on the phone as well, and uh, is someone that I'm sure uh, longtime fans of the ACC 
you know, are familiar with his voice and his face and have seen him call quite a few ACC basketball games over the years. And if you're a fan of the Atlanta Hawks, certainly you know who this gentleman is. Uh, Mr. Bob Rathburn's on the phone with us. Bob, how are you doing, sir? Great, guys. How are you? I'm good, and uh, we're going to dive right into uh, your bio and story here in just a second. But I understand uh, back in the day when the games were over in Reynolds Coliseum, you used to grab uh, a thing or two here at Medios. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, everything on that menu is outstanding. <laughs> uh, now I don't know if you had to pick a favorite. Is there is there something that was your kind of weapon of choice that you would you go can't, to? It's like picking your favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, everything is great. Uh, the uh, lasagna, the the pizza, er- everything's perfect. So um, definitely take advantage of that. And uh, it comes with Bob Rathman's uh, seal of approval. Um, Bob, thank you again for agreeing to join uh, me and the guys here on the show. Uh, you know, again, if you uh, are familiar with, you know, the J- Raycom and Jefferson Pilot broadcasts over the years and uh, I guess Fox Sports and some other outlets in recent years uh you've uh, certainly heard bob's voice calling nc state games and other acc games um when did you start working with uh raycom and, and jefferson pilot and, and kind of getting into covering acc basketball well it, it's an interesting story um i grew up in salisbury north carolina mm-hmm. and um, that is the home of the national sportscasters and sports writers association and back in the day there was a guy named Leo Morris who broadcast Wake Forest and later Duke, and he was the guy that Bob Harris replaced. Hmm. And uh, Leo uh, was a sportscaster of the year from Wyoming and would come and visit Salisbury each year as an award winner and fell in love with the place and moved his family there and became the voice of the Deeks and then later Duke. And and I was working in town uh, at the little radio station WSTP uh, where I got my start, and I kept stats for Leo. And... Uh, I got the chance to cover ACC basketball as far back as 1971. Wow. And I was in the Greensboro Coliseum, the, the old Greensboro Coliseum, <laughs> back when it was just a lower bowl. There was no upper deck. And they had the ACC finals in there, and that was the night that South Carolina beat North Carolina. And it was the last game the Gamecocks played as a member of the ACC. Hmm. Wow. And so I stuck with it all, all through the years, through my college years, and uh, worked and uh, went to school, et cetera. And then I got into television in the mid-'80s when I was working in Norfolk, Virginia, and uh, was invited back. I went to work for ESPN and did the 1987 ACC tournament on ESPN, which was in Landover. That was a good and one for then us. in 88... Uh, joined the Jefferson Pilot crew and have been with them ever since. Yeah, so that, I mean, you know, that 87... So I missed, I did not have a chance, I did not have a chance to call the great career of Ernie Myers right. at <laughs> NC State. But I, Ernie, I just had one question that's been bugging me all these years. Back in 1983, you got one vote for Rookie of the Year in the ACC. And I want to know who who it was. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it wasn't your buddy or something. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know who that was, but uh, I, I, I remember it was uh, Mark Price, huh? I thought Sam Esposito might have filled out a ballot. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> he may have. I mean, uh, I, I think I had a better freshman year than a lot of those guys did. <laughs> <laughs> Winning the national championship and everything, you know. Yeah, that, you came home with some serious hardware. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I bet those guys will give that uh, that, that, rookie, of that, that rookie of the year trophy back for a national championship trophy. 
Amen. Yeah, it's been great having Ernie on the show because he he has been a wealth of knowledge uh, dating back to obviously V's time at State and uh, Bob. I'm sure you've got some great memories of covering V's time there at State that ADC ti- excuse me the 87 ACC title, uh, but some other moments as well. Do you, do you have one that maybe sticks out from V's tenure at State? Oh gosh, it would be hard to pick one. You know, I was working. Um, uh, doing the radio network stuff when David Thompson played. And, wow. Uh, when I was, when I was a, when he was a senior at Crest and Shelby, those were the days that there was not a true unified state champion in North Carolina. Hmm. A lot of the Western schools had broken away and they, they played in what they called the Western North Carolina High School Activities Association. Hmm. And, they did not play a, a true border-to-border uh, state title. And David's team was undefeated all the way to the Western Championship game. And that was played at Catawba College in Goodman Gymnasium. And I worked on the broadcast. And Salisbury High School beat Crest. And it was the last time David Thompson lost a game until you know, later in his state career because the freshman team went unbeaten. But that's when I first saw David Thompson. And then, of course, I got to cover him uh, at NC State. And uh, that was about as a spectacular time uh, in ACC basketball as there has ever been. Um, you know, I, I think back to the to the 70s uh, and what we saw with, with NC State and Maryland. And, and I was there in the Greensboro Coliseum the night of the overtime championship game. Wow. And it will go down as the greatest game ever played in ACC history, and I, I will swear to that uh, till the day I die. That was the wow. greatest. Uh, I mean, it's so different now, James. You just mm-hmm. can't imagine the pressure uh, that was in that building that night. Yeah. Uh, only one team goes to the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's hard to believe that you know one team per conference would go, and. You know, you had probably the top two teams in the country go in the same conference with Maryland and NC State. And yeah. uh, the, they're going back to it now, but back then it was a Saturday night final. And uh, the tension in that building uh, was palpable. I mean, anybody who was there uh, can remember. I mean, it was just it was just incredible. And then the two teams, as you know, had as great a game uh, as you could have. I mean, to go to overtime, 103 to 100, it was so well played. So many stars uh, in that game, not only David, but Monty and, you know, Tim Stoddard and Burleson, and you go right on down the line, and then you got you got McMillan and Elmore and Lucas and all wow. these guys. I mean, it, it's hard to, you'll, we'll never have a day like that again in college basketball, and it's a shame. Yeah. Because that, uh, that was incredible. Yeah, I have a question. How was the how was the national championship played in Greensboro that year? Well, you know, it was funny because they never left the this state. <laughs> yeah, they played the AC the ACC tournament was in Greensboro. The regionals were at Reynolds, and the championship, the final four, was in Greensboro. It, you know, it just worked out. You know, wow, it, that's uh, incredible. They were set. They were set in advance. Uh, you know, years down the road. And it just so happened that it worked out, but but NC State did not have to leave uh, the borders uh, to win the championship. It was incredible. It was 
it was just surreal, you know, because you had UCLA, you know, in the mm-hmm. final four and, and uh, you know, it, a final against Marquette. You know, the UCLA game was semifinals and, mm. and then Marquette. I mean, it was just an amazing time. Uh, there was only seven teams in the ACC then because, as I mentioned, South Carolina had left three years before, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until 1980 that Georgia Tech came in to make it an 18th league. Wow. It's... And it was eight, you know, or when you played. And and it wasn't your and your year, I believe that '83 championship season. That was the year that we experimented with the 30 second shot clock and the 19 foot three point line. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh... and NC State was the leading practitioner yeah. of the three point shot. Absolutely, we had Wittenberg and Terry Gannon and those guys just bombs away. And uh, I love the 30 second clock because it, it it you know coaches couldn't control the whole game. You know it was. You know, it was one of the, it was the closest game to the NBA game back then with the 24 second clock. So I love going up and down the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was great. And, and I'm sure V was a guy who who embraced that uh, that short three point line. You know, he's like, oh man, they, they're going to give me three points just for shooting from here. That's let's do this all day long. But that's why I came to the ACC because you know, of the 30 second clock. Because mm-hmm. I, if any, if you were a ball player and you wanted to play in the NBA, that was the closest. Uh, Type of game uh, with a with a clock that you could, you know, pattern your game after. I mean, if you wanted to play in the NBA or you wanted to play with a clock. And did the NBA have the three point line at that time as well, or? I don't think they had the three point line, but mm-hmm. they had, they they always had the twenty four second clock. Right, right. Well, Bob, we the mentioned the interesting thing about it was it was only in the ACC. Yeah, that that was now, the when, problem. When when State went to the NCAA tournament, there was no shot clock and no three-point lock. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. So you we played all season with one set of rules, and then you get to the tournament, and it all goes away. Yeah, and that 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 was that was the problem because once you played a teams outside of the conference, and they slowed the game back down, and everybody was stall ball and fall corners, and you know how that went. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. Well, all's well that ends well, I guess we should say. Um, uh, but, uh, but Bob, we mentioned the NBA. You, of course, are the uh, the TV voice of the Atlanta Hawks. They're not having too bad of a season this year. Oh my goodness! This, this has been a, a magic carpet ride. Um, I looked up the record. What is it? Thirty-seven and eight at this point. Uh huh. And have won thirty out of thirty-two. We Good have not night. lost a game in the calendar year. We've won. Um, 16 in a row, the longest winning streak in Atlanta professional sports history. Uh, It has been an incredible ride, and they're doing it, guys, uh, without a so-called superstar. Uh, They they play team basketball. They've got, they go 10 deep, they play hard every possession, they defend like crazy, and on offense, they share the basketball like no NBA team, a pro team, because I can go back to the Cougars and the ABA, that I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they, they look like the San. They look like the San Antonio Spurs. I'm sorry. I said they 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 remind me of the San Antonio Spurs the way they pass the ball and look yeah, for the extra exactly. man and. But but they Ernie they do it with three Hall of Famers. Oh right. Uh, <laughs> you know we don't we don't do have three Hall of Famers at least not right now. Yeah, not yet. And uh, they they all shoot the ball. Horford is well. working on it. It makes it very tough cover. Yeah, Horford Teague, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, Horford is working on it, though. ACC legend Jeff Teague, uh, uh, he's uh, doing good things there with the Hawks as well. Um, 
is this the best season uh, you've experienced since you've been there uh, covering the Hawks? I, I would think it's right up there. Oh, we've had yeah, yeah, we've had some great teams. Of course, uh, your your validation for this comes in the playoffs. You know, you've got to win playoff series yeah. to, to make this legit. But we've had good teams. But the problem in Atlanta, we've always been really good when there was somebody else really good. You know, we would run into the. Uh, Celtic teams of Bird and McHale and Parrish. And then we, mm. uh, we had a really good stretch in the 90s. But there's Michael in the Bulls and Isaiah in the Pistons and, and all that. So, you know, you had all these great teams. And now, you know, you got to deal with LeBron. So, um, you know, the test will be in the playoffs, but they're, they're really playing great basketball right now. Um, well, Bob, let me ask you about uh, this current uh, ACC basketball season and, and NC State. You had mentioned via uh, Twitter message that um, you had not yet watched the tape of the Notre Dame game yet. Um, spoiler alert, it doesn't turn out too well for us. Um, but, uh, uh, but you know, uh, what have you seen from this NC State team? Of course, you covered them in that Miami game that we came up short in uh, in Coral Gables. Um, you know, I think there's a lot to like, but uh, I'm curious what your impressions are of the Wolfpack so far this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think, uh, you know, we, Abu was outstanding, uh, in that first half down of Miami. And, uh, I think they've got, you know, floor spacers that can shoot the three. Um, I like Washington's activity. Uh, I think they've got, I think they've really got a lot of, uh, positive things and they're going to have a good season. You know, I, I think, you know, Getting to the foul line has has been a challenge uh, here recently, mm-hmm. um, but you know um, I, the way that game started Sunday, I I thought they were going to win by forty. The way <laughs> the, the game started, I'm watching it today. I said, How they lose this game? I mean, it, they were rolling there in the first half. But uh, you know, it, it'll be a, a, a good test, I think, on uh, Wednesday night with Clemson. Uh, you know, you this league is so tough. You've just got to find a way to serve, hold serve at home. Uh, yeah, and, absolutely. And I, you know, you put you put Clemson in that kind of that must win category. Can't let them get off the hook. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a stretch coming up of of games that I think most folks would say state has to win uh, and should win. Um, but it's it's all about uh, holding serve at home and kind of following through. I think state's problem so far has been finishing out. I mean, you know, you, you look at that Miami game that you covered, and then the Notre Dame game. Those are two games that um, you know were where you know state had double digit leads in both of those games, and just you know uh, that the, the, especially the uh, the Miami game with the way the second half started and that lead just evaporated in what felt like just a matter of mere moments. Um, you know yeah. that's that's tough, and 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 I have to imagine psychologically that's a tough thing to recover from when you go into halftime with a double digit lead and then it just is gone just like that. Well, it is, it is, but I think and Ernie can speak to it from the players' perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans hold on to that stuff a lot longer than the players do. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, there's another there's another practice coming up. There's another game coming up, and and they get over it pretty quickly. I yeah, think you know, the ones that, that struggle with it the most. Yeah, you 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 have to get over it really quickly, especially in the, in in, the, in this day, even back in the day, you, you, you next, you know, just like in the NBA, guys, the next game, you you got to just totally forget that game and go to the next game and you know, there's going to be a new scouting report, it's going to be <laughs> you know, uh, right. the next team next up and you know, um that game is history and you got to just move forward. Yeah. And it's going to be, uh, you know, obviously for state, uh, you know, 
being able to put these two tough losses behind them and move forward to to get those uh, next crucial games is, is going to be key because obviously, I mean, State's still very much in the the hunt for an NCAA spot, and you know, um, you know, I guess if there's a silver lining, it's that you know, there's not a, a tremendous amount of shame losing to the number eight team in the country uh, at home, even though uh, you know you, you were, were up, up 18 points. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 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 shame is that you don't get that second uh, kind of huge win like you do with the Duke game. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as from a resume standpoint, it doesn't hurt you from a numbers standpoint. I guess is what I'm driving at. Um, but it it's still a missed opportunity. Um, Absolutely. So from here on out, obviously, State's got to uh, to to close on out. Uh, Bob, before we let you go, uh, and I really do appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time to join us here. Uh, the rest of the league, are there any, uh, notable, uh, things on your radar? Of course, you know, Coach K gets his 1000th win. Uh, Virginia's just, uh, looking like an absolute, uh, wrecking machine at this point. Um, any other, uh, notables from the ACC, uh, that you see? No, I, you know, I think Carolina's bounced back uh, fairly well mm-hmm. from their early season struggles. Um, I like what I see with them. Uh, it shocks me that Louisville has such a hard time shooting uh, from the perimeter mm-hmm. uh, to be as good as they are. And, of course, Duke is Duke. And, uh, you know, you saw them yesterday. They just absolutely turn it on uh, there at the end against St. John. So, you know, it's interesting. Uh, this whole... You know, this whole college basketball thing now, everything is pointing toward the NCAA tournament. You know, we've, the, the race in the ACC, as good as it is at the top, uh, still takes a back seat these days because everybody is looking at RPI numbers and how do we stack up and, and get to the dance. And, and I kind of I, I kind of hate that about today's college basketball. You know, that mm-hmm. everything is a three-week show now in the NCAA tournament, and, and I'm old school. You know, I grew yeah. up when the ACC regular season race meant a lot. The tournament was everything. That was your conference championship. And, right. and I didn't think the players pointed with pride to win it. So, you know, I hate to see that that diminished in any way. But, you know, that, it's 2015 and we move on. <laughs> and then back then, most of the teams who won the ACC tournament usually were in the Final Four. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, right. the ACC of the 70s and 80s was such a dominant league that um, – yeah, the the tournament meant a lot in the sense um, that you know you either had to win it to get into the tournament, like we talked about earlier with the '74 team, or it kind of set you up for a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And um, yeah, I mean it's you know we've got the league has expanded now. There's 14, 15 teams. I can't even keep track at this point uh, what Notre Dame's quasi status is in the league. <laughs> um, it, it's it's tough, right? You know, the death of the round robin is kind of a shame as well. Um, but, um, you know, I guess, as they say, it is what it is, and, and uh, you know, ACC basketball is still a, a pretty good thing that beats the alternative, which is, you know, nothing at all, I guess, right? <laughs> so. Well, you know, I would like to see, just on an experimental basis, okay, just go and play 28 conference games. <laughs> just, see, just see what the reaction is of the fans. I'd love it <laughs> because I think because I think they, the fans would much rather see NC State play Duke you know, twice a year. Pick one, Maryland, Virginia, not Maryland, but you know what I mean. <laughs> pick uh, Virginia and uh, uh, Georgia Tech and play home and play everybody instead of playing 
you know, uh, you know, St. Swithin's in some <laughs> right, right. November game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly, fairly Dickinson. And just see. Yeah. No. The, yeah. I mean, just just try it. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, miss, missing. I, I really I mean, do miss those two games you, against Duke every year. You, you, you know, the coaches; those are the, the, they yeah. will be the first ones not to want that to happen. Yeah, coaches Guys are number will be one. Guys fired oh, all left and right. Oh, uh, athletic I, directors are number two. I know. Yeah, it would never happen. <laughs> but if I think I think the TV ratings would be great, and I think the uh, the buildings would be would packed. Be packed. Oh yeah. Uh, and the players, the players would love it. Yeah, they would. If you're if you're a competitor, you would you would love that. Yeah, it it would be you know, uh, you know, with t- today's news about Carolina and Wake Forest scheduling a, a you know a home and away in non conference in football. Uh, you know, I, I joked that I'd love to see a twelve game NC State schedule where it was just nine conference games against ACC opponents and then three non conference games against ACC opponents. Uh, kind of the same thing, Bob, because you know it would be. Those would be games that would be, you know, against familiar foes, most often rivals or, or long-time ACC teams that we're familiar with. And, uh, yeah, the stadiums would be full. And But, you know, coach, coaches won't guarantee W's and, and you know. Yeah, uh, but back in those days, you, you and what he's talking about is when you lost against a team mm-hmm. and you knew you could beat them. Right. And, and then now and you don't play them again. And that guy got the best of you that game. You, you couldn't wait to play that guy again. Yeah. You know what I mean? You couldn't yeah. wait to play that team again. You couldn't wait for you, you. You marked that one on your schedule, you know, like, yeah, I can't wait to see this guy again, <laughs> you know, because there's going to be yeah. a different result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's what made, and that's what it, made it great. So great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you knew guys were coming back. You knew that, you know, the same guys were coming back every year. And you you just had to compete against them. Guys weren't leaving, and you know transferring all over the place. You know it was just you just knew yeah. these guys were coming back. Well, Ernie, you would have been a one and done guy, surely, <laughs> in your time, right? <laughs> hey, hey, what they doing now? If, they, if it was on uh, potential like it is now, <laughs> you know the, the the year that I had that year, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, Bob, again, thank you so much for agreeing to join us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Absolutely. Again, I, I'm a, a longtime fan of yours from your Jefferson Pilot and Raycon days, and uh, you, you and Dan Bonner uh, provided the soundtrack of my youth watching ACC basketball. Um, and uh, Steve Martin as well, of course, who does uh, TV for the the Hornets. Uh, all, all you guys, uh, it's you know, again, kind of the the basketball soundtrack of my youth, and I. Uh, this was a bucket list item for me, so I appreciate you indulging me. Oh, well, it's kind of you to say that, and I will look for you Wednesday night at uh, at the game. Well, I have three kids, so uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how. Uh, I, if a ticket magically appears from thin air, I'll see you there. How about that, Bob? I'll see you there, Bob. <laughs> yeah, Ernie, nice Ernie, guys. I'm gonna er- definitely come by and see you. Yeah, Ernie, Ernie will definitely see you. <laughs> All right, well, let's take okay, a break great. here great. on the uh, the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. So what is it that people like most about Emilio's Italian restaurant? Cool atmosphere, lots of state memorabilia, tons of memories, just lots of things to reminisce about. The food's awesome. I've had just about everything on the menu, and it's all great. Chicken wings, hamburgers, lasagna, pizza, it's all great. I love coming. I've been coming here since 30 years since I was a kid, man. Find your own special reason for loving Emilio's Italian restaurant. 
in the heart of Raleigh, North Carolina. All right, folks, welcome back to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. <laughs> See what happens? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the biggest voice. I mean, you know, you know, you've made it when you start getting booed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody out there starting a podcast? That's a, a bucket list item to scratch off. <laughs> Someone shows up just to boo you. <laughs> a heckler, that's, that's podcast heckler. Uh, well, we've had fun, and that was a wonderful interview with Bob Rathman. He's um, uh, maybe a little bit self-indulgent on my part. You know, that was a you guy never that, do that. Yeah, you know, but um, it was he's a great guy. As you heard, he's got tremendous you know amount of stories from the uh, kind of the glory years, of the ACC back in the seventies and eighties. And and I think he's right. It's going to be tough for the ACC, even as strong as the top of the league is right now. For it to ever really kind of get back to where it was uh, during those years, because I mean, gosh, you just think about you know, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a fraction of time there in the the early '80s where you just look at the list of coaches that you had, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Lefty at Maryland, V at State, Dean, K, Crimmins. Uh, I mean, you throw Cliff Elvis in there even at Clemson, and he, he's a little bit on the shady yeah, side. Bill but Foster down at who was yeah. Virginia's coach back then was uh, uh, Terry Holland. Yeah, yeah, Terry Holland, right? So I mean that that cross section of time there in the ACC coaching wise was probably as, as good as it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. get back down to eight teams, we might see it again. Yeah, let's let's just trim off the fat uh, of the ACC. I, I, but at uh, fifteen, you're always going to have bad teams. I mean, there's just really at that yeah. point it becomes a numbers game, right? I think the term is well defined. Bottom is what the <laughs> ACC has to have in order to. Uh, it's good. It's uh, yeah. sad. It's better for the league to be have a lot of good teams and a lot of bad teams than have a lot of kind of mediocre teams. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of teams floating floating in that kind of you know forty right. to sixty RPI range. Right. Um, so the state zone, the <laughs> the state zone, which unfortunately we are one of those teams in that uh, that range. Uh, I haven't looked at uh, states RPI following this I believe week. It was forty four. Forty four. Okay, yeah. it was it. in the thirties coming into this week. It pretty much stayed after lost Miami. I dropped a couple places. 44 is usually a pretty good number for NC State fans, but uh, unfortunately, uh, we'd like that RPI number to be a little bit higher. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess this week is uh, best summarized as you know uh, the week that got away. Um, you know, you go down to Miami uh, against a good, although somewhat schizophrenic Miami team, um, and play them really well in the first half and and take a what was it? I can't remember the exact number of points that we led at halftime. Seven. But was it only seven? It was a seven-point lead and a half. Okay, felt, yeah. it felt like more because I guess it felt we felt like more because uh, <laughs> we were up really big in the first half. Yeah, they just yeah. cut it down. Yeah, yeah, they had, they made a push. I guess uh, towards the end of they being Miami made a push towards the end of the first half to kind of cut into that and then continue that into the uh, the second half. You're right; it was 33-26, I believe. Um, and so that that seven-point lead evaporated and. Um, you know, and, and State... But, but State actually came back. I mean, yeah. they trailed for a, a good portion of the latter half of the second half, came back, had an opportunity to make... I mean, they were one or two plays away from tying that game or taking the lead. Uh, Turner missed a, a wide-open three, I think, with State down two mm-hmm. uh, that would have given them the lead, and, and they rushed a couple of other shots. They, they looked for the three maybe a little too much towards yeah. the end of that game. Yeah, I thought, I thought they did, too, and um, I thought they should have tried to go for two. Um, yeah. You know, but... Hey, maybe they wanted a knockout punch, and uh, at the end of the game, and uh, Turner was just 
you know, he hit a three to keep him to get us back in the game. Yeah. So um, he had some shots, and you know, had they gone down, we wouldn't be talking like this. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I said pretty much as much on Twitter uh, during that game that you know, in that game and and in the North Carolina game that you know. He he hit the shots to get us back into the mm-hmm. game, but when he had that last one to kind of put us over the top, it, it didn't fall for him. Um, right. And so, um, you know, it, it it's tough. I'm not saying that there's anything, you know, that you can really take away from that necessarily, that, you know, he's not clutch or anything. I'm not putting that out there at all. I mean, certainly you got to be clutch to get us back into the game. Yeah, um, but, I, but I just think, you know, going for, you know, to tie the game mm-hmm. at home, you know, with that m- amount of time on the clock, um, you know, they're just growing up. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I said it from the beginning of the season. These guys are going to lose the teams that they shouldn't lose to, and they're going to beat guys they they probably thought they couldn't beat, or, or you know, looking at the schedule, shouldn't beat. You know, they're going to you know they're going to play well. Um, you know, I just like the way they're developing, but they got it's the mental thing now mm-hmm. that that's going to you guys got to really grow up mentally in this second half or the, the remaining games. As a coaching staff, I wonder how you can you can you expedite that? Can you, do you just have to kind of live through it and and let the guys take their lumps and and you know develop that mental toughness? Uh, no, no, it's coaching. I mean, you mm-hmm. you just can't let guys you know just go out and uh, and and wing it and hope they get it. Uh, you you know uh, in film and 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 and. In practice, you, you got to drill this stuff into these guys' heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as the season progresses, you, you can't make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And you know, that's like they said, it's insanity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you keep doing that. You know, uh, but uh, that's when it comes in. You can't, as a coaching staff, you got to really, you know, uh, cuddle your guys and your, your stars, your guys are from the and the guys on the bench. You know, you see coaches uh, as the game is, goes on. They they are walking up and down the bench, and the guys who are not even playing are hearing. You know, he's talking to all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how you that's how you coach him up in, in practice and and in the game. You know, and guys can't continue to be making the same mistakes over and over again. So it's can't it just it, it's just not going to magically happen. Right. Guys are not going to magically get it, but um, you know, through experience as they go forward through the season. You you know and 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 the way you know the coach is going to coach the game they should learn. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, and I'm just kind of piecing this together. Do you think they they just as a team try to make the great play too often at the end of games? I mean, it seems like that even against Notre Dame, and I'm not just talking about the inbound mm-hmm. play, they were they were taking these three pointers up like four or five points, trying to get this like knockout punch it's, instead mm-hmm. of just running the offense and and maybe mm-hmm. just trying to. To get a good shot, they wanted to hit that knockout blow. And even against Miami, they were going for the three to try to mm-hmm. take the lead instead of just playing the possession, giving what Miami takes them, and, and going back down the court. I think it's youthful and experience. Right. Um, but you, you can look at a guy like Turner. He's a senior. Yeah. You know, and he's been knocking those shots down. But, um, you know, I thought uh, against uh, Notre Dame, uh, even though he didn't play a lot, um, he didn't start the game. I thought Cat Barber played a good game. You know, he set that shot up for uh, Turner to Turner, hit the three yeah. at the end of the game when he drove and just dished it up straight up. And you know, um, but it's it's just useful in experience. Um, guys, that you want that knockout punch that you know you're at home, you know, uh, trying to get the win and, and, and 
you know, they was almost like they were, I won't say playing not to lose, but um, just they just didn't, you know, a couple of plays just didn't go their way. Yeah. You know, um, you know, the tipping at the end of the game, you know, um, you know, uh, Notre Dame had the, 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 the tie the game. Yeah. There were two plays, like, at the half, the shot at right. the half, that bucket, and the the tipping at the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our rebounding kind of faltered there at the end of the first half and at mm-hmm. the end of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's obviously it's chaos right there at the basket as, mm-hmm. you know, people are trying to, you know, swat at the ball and also grab it. And so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of, it's somewhat hard to, to fault that a little bit. But, um, yeah, it felt like in those two instances... You know, and, and Notre Dame had an, another key rebound late. I think uh, Grant tried a three, right? And it was and a long it was rebound, a long and bounce rebound. Yeah. And we didn't box guys out. It's yeah, it's just stuff like that. Yeah, that you you know you got to turn around when that shot goes up because you know it's going to be a long, um, you know, uh, when the shot hits the rim, it's going to bounce long. You know, that's experience, guys mm-hmm. out there that that know that. And I, and I saw guys they were arguing, you know, who should have had that. You know, we mm-hmm. I don't know who was. Who was on the floor, but they were really upset that they didn't get that rebound. Yeah. Well, there were no there were no forwards on the floor or oh, wow. centers. They were playing five. I think both yes. plays you're talking about, both rebounds. I might yeah. be wrong on the first one, no, but definitely no. the last one they were playing five guards. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I was wondering where was Anya mm-hmm. at that time in the game, but I, they they had a small lineup. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame did. So I guess he went small because they went small. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, but maybe you put in like a Leonard Friedman who who is you know rebounding's his role for right. this team. Um, I think he took one shot in the in the first half, or, <laughs> and we didn't see him again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he but took that jump shot, and it was over for him. Yeah, Abu's emergence has sort of, has sort of eaten yeah. into his minutes. Some. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, but you know, to the point of kind of needing a, a little bit of size there, you know, for those critical rebounds, obviously would have been nice to have him in there. But absolutely, you know, it's. Um, it's easy to, I guess, to play armchair quarterback, quarter, or, quarterback, or, or coach, or, or point guard. Or, or <laughs> that's our job. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what this what podcast do. is all about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was, um, it, it was rough uh, in, in both games. I, I was as, as emotional after that Notre Dame loss as I've been in a while, uh, just because, even more so than that Carolina game, just mm-hmm. because it, it felt like. Um, I, I think the emotion comes from when you think about, you know, the potential of, you know, what it would have meant versus, you know, what we kind of let slip away. Uh, and knowing that, you know, I mean, this team shows such great potential in these games where we get these big leads. I mean, and, and the frustration, I guess, is you're like, okay, clearly we have the talent to, you know, play with, if not beat, all these teams that we're in in mm-hmm. these games with. I Absolutely. Mean, you don't just, you know, stumble into a uh, an 18-point lead against the number eight team in the country. Um, you know, we're, we're a good basketball team, but the inability to kind of close out and finish these games is, is very frustrating. Yeah, and, and, and as the season progress, if you keep losing like that, mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes a foregone conclusion. Right, you know, certain guys are starting to think, "Oh, we were here, here. We go here, again. Here it comes." Yeah, you know, and guys get start getting tight, and you know, shots start not to fall like they did, and 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 it's a foregone conclusion. So, you really gotta, um, you know, uh, coach these guys up again. Guys gotta get get shots up at the end of the game. Um, I mean, at the end of practice, and 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 just you know, just come together and say, "Hey, 
we got to work this out at the end of the games. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard an in, I heard a Turner on the radio said he, he was like, we can't we can't think about it. We got we got we got we got a game coming up. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, you got to forget that what happened and and move forward because this is the way the league is now. We we don't have time to. Uh, Put our heads down and yeah, and 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 with with the, the with the, the league the way it is, it's it's got to be such a tricky thing to to pull lessons and and you know learn from those painful moments and yet still put it behind you and and move on. You're almost asking like like two separate things. You, you, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're trying to avoid the very thing that you are trying to forget just happened. Right. Um, uh, yeah, and then you don't you don't want the reverse of that to be down twenty at half and have to come back, <laughs> you yeah. know, in the second half and, and win games. You know, that's the flip side of that. I mean, you you want it? They're competitive. Mm-hmm. They are, and it's and it's frustrating. Yeah. I'm sure for them and coaching staff to know that you you had Carolina on the road. You know, you could have had that game. You could have yeah. had you know a, a, a couple of games. It'd be a whole different story. You know what I mean? A couple of play here, a bounce there, a, a tip in there. You know, uh, yeah. You know, Wofford. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of teams that can sense they're they're three or four plays away from being having a very different perception of what we think, how good we think they are, right? I, right. I mean, if you reverse these two games this week with Notre Dame and Miami, and then that Wofford game, I mean, or um, even even one of those three. I mean, it, you right. know, they're a they're a solid NCAA tournament team instead of a you know sort of. I mean, even backed into a corner at Virginia. Yeah. I mean, they played well uh, at Virginia, right? And they, the last four minutes, it, sort of it just, it, it just came apart in the last four minutes. Yeah, you know, and um, in, fa- in fairness, Virginia does that too. Like Virginia Tech was up ten points with like ten minutes left on them yesterday, and got outscored seventeen to four in yeah. the final minutes. So they yeah. do that. They do that to people. But yeah, no, certainly. I think these are these are tougher because even more than that, Virginia game. There were there were a play here, a play there. You can see those plays where that shot goes in. Mm. You don't make that pass, and it's a it's a win. Are you talking about the toe on the line three? No, <laughs> I'm not talking about the toe on the line three, James. I've been trolling Austin all day, <laughs> saying we would spend a good chunk of this show talking about that. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't review it. I'm surprised no one asked for them to review it. Yeah, I, I think usually yeah. any sort of borderline call day like on those they review. Yeah, but just no one thought they touched the line, I guess. I mean, I, I, Ernie, are you familiar with the play that we're discussing? No. Um, which one is that? It was in the. It was early in the second half, uh, about 17 minutes to go uh, in the game. Uh, Grant uh, fump, uh, pump fakes on a three and gets Cody Martin to leap into the air, and then he leans into him, and he gets three foul shots. Well, his right foot was on the line. Um, so he's awarded three free throws. He missed the first, but then made the back half of okay. the back two. Okay. Now, if they had reviewed it and seen that it had only been a two-point attempt, he only would have gotten the two free throws. And, and of course, it's impossible to know if he if, had made both it, of them. It, right. Right. But it, you know, in that instance, since he was granted that third foul shot that he made, you could argue that Notre Dame was granted a, a, an extra it. point in in an overtime game. Yeah, you it, know, every point counts. Every I point mean, counts. Yeah, so. every those tip-ins that those. Yeah. That last second buzzer shot. I mean, that when yeah. you know what I mean. All all that stuff counts. And when you look at uh, the end result of the game, and you can say, "Wow, that yeah, that that that, that tipping or that guy's foot was on the line on the three, and they yeah. didn't, you know." But I mean, I want to make it clear. I'm not arguing that that cost state the game because you know, at the end of the, the game, uh, a regular. Uh, 
Regulation. At the end, yes, thank you. At the end of regulation where they're trying to get a, a tip in for two, if they're looking for three, you know, Grant was hitting some, some crazy shots. He could have easily hit a, a three as well at that point. So, you know, uh, it still could have gone to overtime with that third point. Um, you know, I, it, it's uh, I'm not trying to make that argument, but it is puzzling why it was not reviewed in that moment and just, you know, because I, I, most of the time they're pretty good, the officials are, about reviewing – you know, mm-hmm. if a guy is, you know, on the line or not. And, and they've even... Did the past, coaches argue it? I don't think they did. And it, I don't I, think the coaches saw it. Yeah, because oh, it was okay. on the opposite end of the court. Mm-hmm. And from their vantage point, I'm sure it looked like he was behind the line. Because, you know, you, if you're thinking about looking down the length of the court, it's, you know, he was at the top of the key. Uh, did they go over it on television? Uh, I, I, I don't think... That's oh. that's the failing, is that they, right. didn't, they didn't go to the monitor to look at it. Uh, from what I understand... On TV, uh, they never mentioned it either. Yeah. They just kind of moved on. Uh, and... And from what I understand from someone that was there in the crowd, you know, the rest basically just looked to the scorer's table and said, was that a three? And the, the scorer at the table just said, you know, just nodded. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, and and again, yeah, I don't know on. why the official uh, or, or the person at the at the table is, is making No, you go, yeah, you go to the monitor. Yeah, yeah. The person at the table going, yeah. you know, giving thumbs up. I but, mean, but we got refs on the, you know, three of them on the court. And, and as I was thinking about it, and Austin, I know this is, uh, you're, you're loving every second of this, um, but, you know, like on a made three that they go back and review during like right. an official timeout, they mm-hmm. say it's a two, they usually, you know, they'll take the point off the board. Yeah, this was kind of unique because it was foul shots. So, I, you know, I wonder, given that he made that third foul shot, you know, would they have been justified in taking it off the board? I don't know that you would have. I don't think you can take the free throws. No, off you can't take the free throws. Yeah, off so the they would have had to re- have reviewed it before that third foul shot. And right. I think they would have had to review it before he started. Even, yeah. Technically, probably so. Either way. So yeah. Tel Aviv. If you if you make an inbound pass, none of that matters. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there there's so many other places in that game where State should have executed better and, and yeah, that, won that 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 baseball pass. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that home run or whatever they were yeah. trying to go for at the end of the yeah. game was kind of was kind of suspect. Yeah, it, it it definitely did not work out uh, in State's favor there, and um, you know, Trevor owned up to it, said you know I basically threw the game away, which is you know I, it's it's. I don't think he threw the game away in the sense. I mean, he played. You know, I I think it's tough for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the decision was with Cat Ball, but I don't know if he missed class or I don't know what the deal was with him. Um, not starting the game, but um, whenever he has to play point guard and uh, run the team and get guys involved, it takes away from his game because mm-hmm. he has to handle the ball more. And that's why he, he in the second half he didn't have any legs on his jumper. Mm. You know that's what that's that's just that's just my right. um, analysis of his game. Um, he he can play the point. He he can if he had to, but it, it, he's not the same player when he plays the point guard. Are we and talking about Cat or Trevor? I'm talking about Trevor, Trevor Lacey. Right, right. Yeah, Trevor Lacey, um, um, when he has to play the point guard, yeah. uh, it takes away from his it takes away from his game, his yeah. scoring ability, because it's hard to get everybody involved and score and you know and, and take those shots that he usually takes off the pass. Then when he's you know when he's you know somebody's you know when Cat Barber's out there passing him the ball or yeah or or or. or you know, uh, Lee, when he's, you know, when the coach decides to put him in, you know, <laughs> Des yeah. Lee, you know, um, it, it's, it's just kind of crazy, you know. So I, I think uh, uh, that situation has to change because if he has to play the point, if he's going to be the starting point guard now, it's going to be tough. Yeah. 
And, and I mean, I don't think the, uh, you know, I don't think the Bigs should get off the hook either. I mean, they, they found themselves in some foul trouble that was avoidable at times. I mean, there were some touch fouls. I've heard some ticky tack yeah. fouls that were, they were fouls. I mean, but they were unnecessary fouls, I guess. Right. Right, and and so you know there have been times where state has had to go to z- you know like a zone defense to kind of protect guys, mm-hmm. and that leads to you know poor, it, it's poor so rebounding. it's so different these these guys you know on jump shots they kick their legs out. I mean the rep. I mean it's like okay uh, that foul with Grant uh, they gave to Anya. Mm-hmm. You know when he was that wasn't a. F- I mean the guy you you flail and kick your leg out at the end of the play, and the ref gives you a call. I mean that's that's nonsense. Yeah. You know I, I see guys now. I, I watch these games on television and you know the guy's shooting a jump shot and, and next thing you know he kicks his leg out the jj reddick or, or the patented JJ. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i was watching the duke game against st john's and the guy did it in, in the corner and oh, got yeah, three a, free throws a duke you know? guy or st john's guy? no a duke guy it was, oh, I think it was <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Shocking. yeah it, it's just it's crazy. almost like they are coached up to do that sort of yeah stuff. And, and if they're taking a regular jumper without anybody around them they're not kicking their legs out then uh, right because it ruins your shot technique. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. So if a guy is running at you uh, and you don't think you're going to make the shot, just you know, kick a leg up, and you know, the guy runs past you, and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to get out of the way. Yeah. And then you you flip you flip over, and then the refs gives you a call. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And it's really after the shot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's really frustrating because yeah, the defender is trying everything he can. He's throwing his arms up. He's doing everything he can yeah, to get out of the avoid. way. Yeah, And then the guy throws a leg out, and he and then he looks off balance, and it looks like you ran into him. And it's yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I see refs calling that all the time. We should now. do more of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, right? It works. You can't beat him. Join him. <laughs> I, I'm a big proponent of that. <laughs> Fine with that. <laughs> Well, uh, State hosts Clemson uh, this week, and I'm trying to think who the weekend opponent is as well. Do we have the weekend it's off? Either, no, it's either at Boston College or at Wake Forest. Okay. I think it's at Wake Forest. Okay. So there's, there's a stretch of games coming up here. I think the next three That's are That's a tough game. The, no, at, at Wake? <laughs> at Wake. Yeah. Yeah, they've suddenly turned into uh, a much better team than the team that we faced before Christmas. Right. Um, you know, uh, so that won't be easy. Um no. And Clemson always seems to to play us tough. Oh no, reason. you're right. We do have the week. Oh no, we're at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Okay, yeah, Georgia Tech's struggling. So and then, then we have a week off, right? I mean, a weekend off. I think. Well, we'd have the. Yeah, I'm not sure when our off date is, but it's coming up sometime soon. Yeah. But yeah, Georgia Tech is a really big team. A lot of guys that can rebound. They can't shoot a lick. <laughs> um, it's not the kind of team you, I don't think they have an AC. I think they're 0-7 in league play right now. Yeah. So you really, it's a road game, right? So road games are never easy, but you no. cannot you cannot lose to Georgia Tech. It, yeah. That's well, a killer. Expect to be an NCAA team. Yeah. Right, that's a killer. I mean. Yeah. And, I mean, they're also a team that's had trouble closing out because they, too, had Notre Dame beaten, I think, uh, late in that game. And I think they even went to OT. Yeah. yeah as well. Good. Yeah. So. That'd be a battle of two teams trying to figure out how to close out games, I guess. Um, and Clemson, I, you know, they're um, they're they're they always <laughs> they have no talent and they find ways to win <laughs> games. I don't I don't know. I mean, they just make it ugly, right? Brownlow is or Brownlow ah. Brownell. <laughs> ah, I got my names mixed. Uh, he's he's a great coach that can't recruit. I mean, I, I, you look at their roster and they have a couple of decent players, yeah. and that's it. Um, but they find ways to win. I mean, they're three and four in league play right now. I think they. I need to get Dabo to get Sar- on the I think, basketball. I think they beat Syracuse <laughs> and Pitt already. I mean, 
They're capable of beating teams they should not beat if you just compare players. Mm-hmm. You can't, again, at home especially, cannot lose that game because they struggle to score. Yeah, if you yeah, can put do. 60 on them, you're not. they're not winning. Right. Well, I certainly hope State's not finding itself in a quest for 60 uh, <laughs> come Wednesday because... Um, you know, Clemson will try their best. Yeah, I, yes. I probably they will. They will take the air out of the ball and play tough defense and and try to make that game as ugly as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah, I seem like that's their style. And they beat Syracuse. Syracuse, they were missing uh, McCollum and yeah, you know, it, it, you know, you could question that one, right? But um, you know, they play hard. Yeah, yeah they, they play hard. They play hard. I'm, I'm glad coach. it's not down at um, Death Valley. Death Valley. We, well, go, we go there, though. We, Little John. We have two for against Clemson this year, so we do got to go there at some point. Little, Little John is also a, a fun little gymnasium. It's an uh, underrated place. Yeah. Um, and it's tough to win there. It's tough to win there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. State has struggled to win there. Especially when you have those uh, those those guys right on the end line. On the end line, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> that, that gym hasn't changed in 30 years. Yeah. They, they they did some recent renovations. They did some renovations. They, maybe they, they did. Uh, they wisely did not just completely gut the place and and kill all the character of it. I mean, it's uh, you know I, I hated going down there as a photographer because you would sit right there in front of those uh, raving lunatic kids mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. dip dripped all over your hair. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Playing to some stereotypes. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, all right. Well, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Wow. We will hopefully be talking about a much more uh, optimistic and upbeat uh, week of NC State basketball next Monday. Um, uh, Ernie Myers, Austin Johnson, thank you again. We'll thank Bob Rathman and say this is uh, James Kroll saying so long from thank the Riddick and Rolls podcast. Now you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> they say we are what we are, but we don't have to be. Unbad behavior, but I do it in the best way. I'll be the watcher of the eternal flame. I'll be the god dog of all your fever dreams. I am the sin in the bottom half of the hourglass. Glass, Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.